Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So I was looking at that and, I, and uh, those particular passages that I, I had uh, been really going over with the brethren ever since uh, I got into the ministry way back when I was down south at the conventions. I talked to some of the some of the pastors and the bishops and everything. And, and one thing, one, one of the particular verses was 2 Corinthians, amen, 5 and 10. He said that we must all appear before the judgment seat of God to give an account of the good and bad things while done in the body. Now, that thing has to be explained. Amen. Then I said, well, what's going to correlate that, you know, was uh, 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. So the first three Corinthians, the third chapter was talking about uh, type of works that uh, your, your, your lifestyle, is, your, your works is made up of. Gold, silver, precious stones, haste of them, straw. And so we know that Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 10 says that uh, you got to go before God. Here we go. You got to go before God in regards to your works. So like a little background here, if you will. Uh, I was going to go with 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, first. But really, it doesn't really matter. Amen. So I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm do it like I got it here. Amen. And uh, bear along with me. Amen. So uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, the background, we got the first five verses of 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. The first five verses is background. And I'm going to start from verse 6 to 10. Amen. So here in verses, in these particular, just a little background. Paul wanted the Corinthians, amen, to understand the assurance of salvation. You know, we have a problem in the church today for some of the believers. Don't believe that you're eternally secured. But here, Paul is wanting to make sure that you understand this. He says, stating that if this earthly house, which is our body, this tent that we live in, uh, was torn down, he said, you have a building from God, a glorified a resurrected body, if you will, right? A resurrect, not made with hands. Amen. Not made with hands. I see, apparently, in creation, right? God formed, but it was God's hands then. <laughs> Amen. Where he's coming from is the recreation of man. How were we recreated? When you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Because Ephesians 2 and 10 says that we were what? Created in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we were recreated all over again. So we start off as children. Let me go. I'm, amen. But uh, with MacArthur, one of my favorite theologians, says we've grown in these particular bodies that we live in. Having pas our passionate longing to be free from this body and all the accompanying, uh, all the sins, all the frustrations and weaknesses. Amen. And, and these, these, these particulars are so relentless in our life. Amen. So the apostle emphasized this to show that this is a guarantee for the believer. Amen. And he clarified that because when we look at Ephesians 1, 2, 1, 13 and 14, he said, at the point of your believing that Jesus Christ suffered, bled and died and rose again, God sealed you with the promised Holy Spirit. What's in those verses is, and it was a deposit guaranteeing 
that you're going to go to heaven. That's eternal security. That is, and those two, that's eternal security. But he said, if you believe, right? And even John 3, 16, we know that. I so love the world that who, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what? Believe shall not perish. That's eternal security right there as well. Amen. So you, ain't got, you don't have anything to worry about if you put your trust in Christ. Because this thing starts all over again. Let me get into the verses. Amen. The verses said here, amen. Looking at the first uh, we're five, starting with verse six. So he said, we are always confident in knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, right? And not by sight. We are confident knowing that while we are at home in this body, amen, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes. Well, ple well please rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Amen. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether to be absent, uh, whether to be present or absent, this is the verse, amen, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done while in the body according to what has he has done, whether good or bad, knowing therefore, well, I'm not going to go any further than that. We're going to 10. So the, starting with verse six, verse six is therefore being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. The word confidence translates a Greek term that means of good cheer or courageous, confident. The Holy Spirit's presence within the believer in his life enables him to be resolute or determined, amen, determined in God's service. Amen, he don't want a lazy Christian, do he? Amen, he wants some zeal going on here. So in God's service, and he said he wants you to be cheerful, even in times of suffering and persecution. Jesus said, you're gonna be persecuted, why? You're gonna be persecuted, why? Because I was persecuted. Persecuted. We live in a Christ-like life, right? So he said, you shall suffer persecution as well. Naturally, we're going to be suffering some type of a way. Job, health. It's something going to happen. Amen. Why? We're in these bodies down here. It's something these particulars are going to happen to us. Amen. Sufferings and persecutions. Amen. Anybody here haven't been persecuted yet? Although Christ is in heaven, we're down here. And we're down here doesn't mean that we can't experience his presence right now. We do have fellowship with God. Amen. Down here, we find in the first chapter of Acts, right around the 11th verse, he said that Jesus ascended up. Amen. And the angel said, and it was like, what, 500 looking at him doing this? And he said, hey, you men of Galilee, he said, why are you stand here gazing at Jesus Christ going up? This same Jesus is going to come back in what? Like manner. Amen. He's going to come back. Amen. Though he's where right now? On the right-hand side of the Father. I think it was in Matthew, uh, in, in, even in Matthew 28, I think it's around the 20th verse. He said, I am never going to leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, you know, he said that while he was down here. He didn't lie or nothing like that. 
Amen. Because once I accepted him as my Lord and personal Savior, something happened to me supernaturally. Amen. I died to old self. Second Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So now all these spiritual things, amen, are, are, are benefits for the men and women of God today. It ain't just for certain people. God said he's what? No respecter of persons. Everybody get everything in the Bible. Amen. Some do better than others. And this is where we're coming from. Some do better than others. Now, you want to make your better the best and your best the better. Amen. This is what you want to do. So uh, I might be saying that wrong. Uh, you understand what I'm saying, though. Amen. So we can experience Christ while we're down here. In John, the 19th chapter, I think it was the 21st chapter, where Jesus already had died. And he rose from the dead. And he came to the apostles, amen, while the doors and the windows were short, shut. And, you know, who wasn't there? Uh, Thomas, Gainer. God bless you, brother. Amen. Thomas wasn't there. Amen. And he said he wasn't going to believe unless he saw the nail part, nail prints in his hands and all of that where he had been crucified. Lord and behold, week later, amen, doors and windows just the same way. All of a sudden, Jesus showed up. Omnisciently, he knew what, we call him Doubting Thomas, what he said. <laughs> he showed up, and he didn't go to this. He went straight to Doubting Thomas. He said, Feel, uh, put your hands in the nail marks in my hand and inside. What did he say? My God, you know, just blew him out of the park, right? Amen. My, and my Lord, my God, and all that. And he told Don Thomas, and he's saying that to us today. Blessed is the man who have not seen me and yet believe. So we believe faithfully, amen, that Jesus, amen, we still have fellowship with him, even though he's on the right-hand side of the Father. And everything that he said about us, that we're going to come and live with him, counted as being done. Amen. Count it as being done. So we can experience, amen, though he's, he's we down here and he's up there, because some people like to, like to uh, point fingers, oh, yeah, the Bible contradicts itself and stuff like that. See, he's up there and y'all down, you tell me he's going to be with you, but look where he is. Yeah, I see where he is. Praise God, too. Amen, because I'm going to be there one of these days with him. So as a branch, we cannot bear fruit of itself unless we abide in the vine. So neither can you. This is John 15 and 4, talking about our being with the Lord. Amen. That's where I was coming from. Verse 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. This is what was happening with Dalton Thomas and, and even us today. Amen. We have, we, the just shall live by what? Faith. Ephesians 2.8 says that by grace you've been saved through faith and that not even of yourself. But it's a gift of God, and we can't even boast about it because it's not of us. It's not works. We can't boast about it. Amen. Jesus said the time is blessed to be you have seen, but so, amen. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit as an example of Christ being with us as well. Amen. So the faith that Paul exhibited in his daily walk was the result of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. 
He says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, and self-control. Nine of them. Amen. All of you got it. Amen. At the point of belief. At the point of belief, God sealed you with God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Matt, uh, what is that? John, the 14th chapter says that we, as believers, he said, amen. Uh, uh, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father. And he'll send you another comforter who will be with you and be in you. Amen. Amen. He's going to be with us until the day of redemption. Amen. That's what Ephesians 13 and 14 said. So I know I have, I'm not even worried about it. You know what? I want to emphasize. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to teach it. Proclamated from the, from the hills that God saves. He seals us. And if you will put your trust in Jesus Christ, amen, you will have eternal life. Amen. Verse eight, he says, be of good courage. We are of good courage. And I, pref and I say prefer rather to be. And I'm coming from the new, uh, uh, new uh, American, is that the NSAB? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. That's it. And he said, we are of courage. And I say prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Amen. Verse eight resumes, amen, the thought from verse six, because in between verse six and verse eight, we have verse seven, which says that it says uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. So Paul went back to this and said, now I want to I want to add some more to verse six. So here in verse eight, amen, Paul said that uh, uh, he would rather be in be with Christ right in heaven than to be absent away from him right now. That's what it said in verse six. Amen. Though we are still children of God down here. But positionally wise, he wanted to be up in heaven where Jesus is in a disembodied state. Amen. We're going to have to talk about that. A disembodied state. Amen. Why? And now we got to talk about it's three ways. Amen. 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 There is the consummation of salvation when we receive a glorified body at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Simply teaching that the first state is good and the second state is better and the third state is best of all. Amen. So what, do you, what we're saying here is that in regards to the believer's position, amen, down here, we're waiting on the Lord as a Christian. Amen. If anything were to happen to any one of us, as far as our demise, right? Amen. We demise means we're going to die or die. Buried in the grave. So your spirit and your soul that looks just like you, absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's where you're going. Absent from the what? Body that was in the grave. But you are present with the Lord. The present with the Lord is your spirit and your soul. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Your spirit and your soul is with God. Amen. So here you are in heaven. Amen. Amen. And if you died, that's where your body and your soul is. So he's going to come back for your soul in his second coming. We're not, we're not going to say the second coming. We're going to say in the rapture. The rapture. We got to say that. It's the rapture because the second coming is when Jesus comes back down here to set up his kingdom. The rapture is the intermediate place in between the rapture. Amen. And the 
well, it's in between uh, his second coming. So during the tribulation period, amen, uh, right around that time, he's going to come back for me and you. Because in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, he said that uh, we shall not all sleep. He don't want you to be ignorant, right? <laughs> we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. You know, well, that's in 1 Corinthians. But he says here, what I need to do, my brothers and sisters, is go to it. Turn with me, amen, to 2 Thessalonians, the 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. Amen. First Thessalonians, amen. First Thessalonians, amen. The fourth chapter, amen. Praise God. And what it's saying there is, I don't need to go there. I, I, I feel that in my heart. He says there that, amen, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. But he said he's going to come back for us. Amen. He's going to come back for our body. Amen. When he comes back for the church, it's the church that he's coming back for. He said, the dead in Christ shall rise, what? First. But we who are alive and remain, that's the believers. That's us right now. We haven't died. But we're going to be going back with him. We're not going to precede those who died in Christ. Right? Some of us already died in Christ. He's going to come back in the rapture for you first. After that, he's going to come back, amen, for those who are alive and remain. And we are going to meet the Lord. He's going to rapture up the dead in Christ first. And those that of us that are right here, we're going to just be raptured up. And some, you know, you have seen that uh, one movie where it says that uh, uh, left behind or something like that. And you see the folks close. <laughs> And stuff like that. And what happened? Because people that don't know who the Lord is, we're confused about that. We're not. And so this is what will happen. He's coming back for the believer. So this is, this is where we are. So if, if, so if you die in, your, in the Lord right now, you go back to the Lord with your spirit and soul. And this is what Paul is talking about in, his, in a disembodied type of uh, 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 Dwelling with the Lord in heaven. Amen. And this, this, if anything like that happened to any one of us, this is what it will happen to you. But those who remain, First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, amen, he's going to come back for you. Amen. When old man knows the day, know the hour, right? When your demise will happen. Amen. No man knows the day, know the hour. It's appointed a man to die how many times? Just one time. And after that, you're going into the judgment, brothers and sisters. You're going into the judgment. You can't get get around that one. Amen. So, first now, there is also uh, our ambition. I mean, it's an ambition. Are you ambitious? Amen. Today, you can lose it in a negative term. Amen. Because that's what is is a lot of folks use it in it. They're ambitious to do the wrong thing. But we need to reverse that and look at it in a spiritual sense. Are you ambitious enough to do a work for the Lord? Are you ambitious enough to be well-pleasing to the Lord? And this is the thing. Amen. So the therefore in that particular verse draws the conclusion from all the verses from 1 through 8 and begins to, redirect or re, begins to direct the reader's minds 
to their accountability in regards to Christian service. The Greek word for labor here means, amen, the Greek word for labor means to honor or to be ambitious. Now, amen, the song said, uh, if I labor, God is going to give me a crown. Amen. We must work while it is day. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Right? And who's the laborers? Well, you know what? We're going to have to go outside and find those laborers. Is that it? Or are we the laborers? And ain't enough of us. Amen. We got some work to do. Amen. We got some church. We got some ground to lay. Amen. So he says, what we want God to do in regards to all of our work is to say, well done, right? Thou good and faithful servant. To be well pleasing to Christ. Amen. Amen. Because he's going to meet us one of these days face to face. And he's not, it, it ain't going to be my mom and my dad going in my stead. It's going to be you. And you're going to have to give an account for everything, your motives, everything before, the God, before God. Because when you get into eternity, that, uh, do, it does away with time. Though Jesus is the master architect of the universe in regards to creating time, space, and matter, be none of that involved in his judging you. He got all eternity to go over the, every little bit, every nick and cranny of your life. Amen. To see and to, to, to give you reward. Amen. To give you reward. Now, mind you, when we go to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, and I'm just going to be in there a minute. I got a lot in that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, it's going to exasperate me, let alone you. Amen. But is, we're supposed to be well-pleasing nonetheless. See, Paul's highest goal was uh, Romans 12 and 2. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of his mind. Amen. That's what, that was his highest goal. Amen. So, verse 10, he said, we must all appear before the judgment seat of God. But I'm going to leave that verse as you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Amen, because that verse is what is going to end the whole thing. And like I said, I'm not going to be long in that. But the background of 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, was Paul and Apollos, all those verses, chapters before that, because it was a problem going on in the Corinthian church. It was a problem in 2 Corinthians. And Paul said, hey, don't let me come back and write 3rd third, third Corinthians. I will. He said, Paul had the authority to chastise. And because these brethren were off the, off the chain, even after all of this, he said right here, we find that they were arguing and bickering over gifts later on. That was way up in the 12th chapter. But Paul found the Christian believers to be in a sad state at this particular time. And he couldn't talk to them about matters befitting them, uh, spiritual maturity, because they were carnal. They were still on baby milk. Now, mind you, everybody that come, becomes a Christian is a baby, right? Amen. When you start out, you're a baby. You're not, you're not a bishop when you come. When you first get saved, amen, a novice. That's what they call them, somebody like a novice. But you're not that, amen, amen. And if you are, you're sinning if you are. Or the church is putting you in a position where you only just been in there for a week. Just kidding. 
But nonetheless, amen. Paul found them to be in a sad state and that they were babies. They had uh, uh, unsaved, they was acting like the unsaved and these particular tendencies were all over the place. So in, in other words, they were weak in their, in their faith. He said these particular Christians were not adults, amen, spiritually. They attained, they, they could not attain the full age. And then when we read up into Hebrews, like the Hebrews 5.14, he says, strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. It was a problem that was going on there. And we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Some think it was Paul. Amen. The writings are, sim are similar. Amen. Some think it was Paul. But nonetheless, whoever that writer was, was really telling them, hey, you still like babies. You need the elementary truths all over again. Amen. They weren't able to eat meat. A baby doesn't have uh, teeth when he comes in the world. Same way with a Christian. Amen. You born again as babes. Amen. But you got to train up a child in the way he should go. We're not talking, well, it's an analogy of, of real training up children. It's the same thing in the church for the believer. We got to be trained up. Amen. So he said it was a lot of strife and divisions that were going on in the church, right? So uh, uh, most of the Christians Paul wrote to, amen, were saved, but they was walking as mere men after the manner of the unsaved, amen. So in verse five, uh, he said, well, then, you know, because there was a thing going on, amen, with Apollos. Apollos, amen, I got something here for Apollos, amen, Apollos. That brother was tough. Amen. He came from Alexandria. He came from Alexandria. And I think it was like 300,000. Alexandria was the, the uh, uh, city where the Septuagint was trans translated into Greek in, in Alexandria. It was, a, it was a, met, a cosmopolitan type of city. And uh, it had about 1 million people living in it. Amen. And Apollo came out of that as a Jew. So they said he was so eloquent. Amen. He, 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 could, he, he knew the scriptures and everything, but the scriptures that he knew was John the Baptist's teachings. So we have a couple of brethren, Priscilla and Aquila, took him to the side, <laughs> instructing him more. And that was in Acts 18, right, right around the 24th verse. And they instructed him in the right way of God. And then after that, because he was humble too, with all that eloquence and with all that knowledge and learning that he had, he was a humble man to allow Priscilla and Quilla to talk to him and get him, instruct him like that. And so after the, he, they instructed him, he said, wait a minute, you got, now I'm quite sure Priscilla and Quilla were very, very tactful in how they trained, but he trained him. Amen. So he and he he grew in stature. And so these Corinthians said, I'll follow Apollo. Because when he came to Corinth, amen, he knew all these things. He knew the gospel then. And he he preached and he talked with eloquence. And they loved him. Well, Paul did too. Well, said so we follow Paul in the first chapter of First Corinthians. We follow Paul. We follow, we follow Apollo. We follow Christ. We follow Peter. Amen. And Paul said, wow, y'all are so delirious in y'all divisions. Y'all don't even know what you want to do. Amen. They were so, wouldn't listen to nobody. They were, they had a big time problem. But Apollo, amen, 
Amen. He, Paul said, well, who in the world is Apollo, right? So when we look at it, he said, do not follow men. So what then is Apollo? Verse 8, verse 5. And what is Paul? Servants whom you come to know. Amen. Verse 8 says, he who plants and he who water is one. Apollo, Paul, Peter, amen, sister Stevenson, sister Ractive, elder Lester, we all one in Christ, right? Amen. But each one receives his own reward according to his own what? Labor. Amen. This is the title of the message. Amen. Laboring for rewards. Amen. We laboring for reward. So, amen. Um, Paul said he and Apollo and Peter were servants in the vineyard, right? And one writer said that each one was doing their own assigned task under the lordship of Jesus Christ, even though there was diversity in ministry going on. Amen. There is unity of purpose. Amen. And there ought to be unity of spirit right here at 296. Amen. There should be a, no jealousy. Amen. There should be, amen, uh, uh, between nobody in the church. Amen. Nobody. It won't be ju ju uh, unity if it was. So as far as service is concerned, they, are, they were on the same level. If no one watered and no one did any type of planning, amen, everything would come to naught, right? So Adam's, uh, 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 amen, these rewards were based on ability. Amen. These rewards, uh, I write about it in Adam. I can't remember his name. I just saw him in my studies. He said rewards were based not on, la on labor, not on ability. Because everybody is not on the same level. Everybody's not on the same level, but I guess what? We all can pick up a box. We all can go out into the neighborhood. So it's labor over, I mean, it's a labor over ability. Now we can use those who have abilities. Amen. I think we got some fine folk in this church. Amen. We have a, a fine group of, of believers that are unified in this church. And I'm talking about educated and everything else. Some have abilities more than others. But guess what? We're not jealous of nobody. We're on one accord around here. Amen. So we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, right? We are God's building. So Paul said, well, at first he used the analogy of agriculture, farming, and all of that. Now he's using a building, amen, a metaphor. Since God is one to whom all are responsible, all his servants, all his fellow workers laboring together to till the field, harvest field or change the picture, working together for the same building. Sometimes we get wrong perspective in work, in the work of the, of, of the church. May we heed the counsel, amen, of what Pastor Paul said in, in the words here and realize that each of us are, has varying responsibilities and rewards. Amen. Everybody's not. Some of us are teachers. But the brevity of what uh, teach some of the teachers are is not to say that you're not a teacher because she's a teacher or he's a teacher. No, we are all one. We are, God is a God of what? Variety. Amen. So the church, is, the church does not belong to the preacher. The church does not belong to the congregation. The church belongs to God. Amen. It's Jesus' body. Amen. That's who the church belongs to. Amen. So 
according to the grace which God has given me, like a master builder, he said, I laid the foundation and another is building on it. But a man must be careful how he builds on this is verse 10. But Paul closed by chapter nine by changing the picture of a field to a building. He discussed this. The foundation laid down through the preaching of the cross, Christ is always the same as Jesus. Amen. So what he's saying, I just want to go on. And what he's saying here is that we as believers, amen, uh, we, 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 we have various types of works, amen. And these particular works, amen, is like uh, material, amen. We have six different materials here in this particular text. We have gold, silver, precious stones, hay, stubble, and straw. And the Lord said the fire is going to test every man's work of what sort it is. Amen. Amen. You don't want to be like the three pigs, right? The three pigs, amen, built a house of straw, a house of wood, and a house of bricks. But then when the big bad wolf came along, right, he huffed. And he puffed and he blew two of those houses down. Amen. Amen. You want your house. I'm telling you, you want your house to be made of gold, silver, and precious stone. Good material. Good material. Now, we, we're not talking about literally gold, silver, or precious stone. What are we talking about? We're talking about your works. What are they made up of? Amen. Are you just sitting on your Dr. Doolittle and not doing anything? No, them works are made up of hay, stubble, straw. Amen. The fire of God is a refining fire. It's a consuming fire. Amen. And it burns things up. Amen. You put the gold and you put the silver and the precious stones in there. And when the fire of the Lord comes, all you got on that is a refining of those materials. You might have a little soot on there or something like that. Before that fire hit it, it wasn't that shiny when the, before the fire hit it. After the fire, that gold was shining, boy. But when the fire hit that stubble, those works that were made up, all that bickering, all that, those bad motives are, hey, stubble and strong. But check this out. Going back to verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 5, it's going to come a point in time in the judgment. Amen. When we go all go there, we got to stand before the Lord. And he's going to evaluate what you did personally. Like I said, he got all eternity to do that. All eternity. Amen. And so when you get up there, amen, he's going to look at you and he's going to say, hmm. Right? <laughs> he said, he's going to say to you in verse 10 of that, of that particular passage, right? He's going to look at you. Amen. And he's going to say, amen. Is he going to say, well done. He said that uh, you've been faithful over a few things, but I want you to come on up a little bit higher. I got a current turn to that verse 10. My, my, praise God, I'm not going to even see it. Well, I want to do, I want to really encourage you. 
And that brings it, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the good and bad things. Amen. Done while in the body. And then when he sees those good things and bad things, and at the judgment seat of, of Christ, he said, those good works, amen, he's going to reward you. I got to look at that. And I'm, and, uh, I'm not technical savvy on this. And, and uh, the devil is trying to get busy in this. The wine, and, I mean, the uh, Williams brothers said, shake, shake, shake. Shake the devil off. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's what I got to do. Amen. Amen. The judgment seat or the beam seat. Amen. I found it. It's just like, amen, the, um, what, where uh, the Jews and Romans took Jesus to Pontius Pilate. Amen. He called it the beamer seat the judgment seat here in the Bible and Jesus was judged from there. Amen. And we got a lot of judgments, but this particular judgment seat is not for condemnation. Romans 8 and 1 said that we are, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when the believer goes there, amen, and God sees those unworthy, those, it's not sin uh, that you committed. Why is it not why are you not being judged for the sin? Because he said unworthy, those worthless works. Those worthless works, amen, are not sin. Why? If God, if you come up there, then everything that Jesus Christ did over 2,000 years ago is null and void. Null and void. Why? Because Jesus already dealt with the sin problem back then. So what are these worthless works that the Lord is talking about at the judgment seat of Christ? Amen. He's talking about how you did your service. Amen. It, wasn't, it was worthless. It wasn't of no good. But he said that you, in 1 Corinthians 3rd chapter, you will be saved, but you have the smell of a consuming fire on you. You will be saved, though. So somebody asked me, he said, you mean to tell me that I can go out here and do what I want to do? Amen. And still go to heaven? I said, well, brother, you know what? <laughs> I mean, you asking the wrong person. It's because if you think that you're going to go out there and, uh, and uh, dissatisfy the Lord and you want to have the best of both worlds and you out here uh, you know, that's what a hypocrite is. And uh, doing playing that role, amen, I, I, I pity you, amen, because no, you can't do that because you got, you looking for to be ambitious. You want to be ambitious for the Lord. You want to do everything that you can to please God while you're down here. And when it's all said and done, don't you want to be, man, don't you want God to say, well done, and that well done, thou good and faithful servant is the goal and, and the things of witnessing, the goals of preaching, the goals of visiting the sick, amen, the, the, gold, the, the, the gold and silver of, of giving to people, these types of works, amen, that, that uh, the quality of your work, uh, precious stones, don't you want, your works was burned up because of your laziness as a Christian. Your works was burned up because you, uh, uh, the, the fellowship in the faith, you wouldn't even, your, your faith was suspect, but 
amen, you knew the Lord, but you didn't really want to build yourself up. You, you didn't want to uh, get into the word, amen. And then when it was all said and done, amen, you find yourself, amen, clothed though, amen. Now, it's two different judgments. So you don't really want to take no chance in saying what I just said, that I can continue to do all that I want because you just might find yourself at the great white throne judgment over here in Revelations, the 20th chapter, where that judgment seat, guess who's on that judgment seat? Jesus Christ. Amen. God had given him all judgment. He, he turned it all over, to everything over to Jesus because of what Jesus did. And we find, even in eternity past, that Jesus was the architect of everything in, in John, the first chapter. So God said, well, why didn't he came? The Holy Spirit didn't come to die for you. God the Father didn't come to die for you. But they all one, in essence, co-substantial in everything. God the Father, God the Jesus, Son, God, they one in essence, one. And that's how we supposed to be down here. Amen. So when, if you think that you're going to do that and you go before the judgments, judgments, the uh, great white throne judgment, you don't want to go there. Now, the believer can do some judging down here. Amen. It's 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, said that we make discernments about all things, but we ourselves are not under that penalty. However, we got to be careful even as the mature. Amen. Because in the fourth chapter of 1 Corinthians, he said, well, who are you, old man, to judge me? I don't even judge myself as a Christian. You can't judge me for my works and stuff like that. Hands off, you need to leave that to the Lord. That's what he said in 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, reading your leisure. One through five. So we all got to appear before these judgments. There's some judgments out there. And you can make a judgment call because we know what's right and what's wrong, right? That's a judgment call. And what's right and what's wrong is a, it's, it's vast. There's a lot of things out there that's right and wrong. Now, we got enemies of the faith, amen, that... And we're not perfect, right? So that's where that's they're going. You ain't perfect. Right? I know I'm not. But guess what? I'm striving for it. <laughs> I'm doing what I can to do. Amen. But long story short, and as a close, amen. Uh, just want to uh, make sure that those who are here, here and on Zoom, amen, got the picture. Amen. That uh, there is going to be a judgment seat of Christ for everybody. There is going to be a rapture, amen, a, a disembodied type where you might die. We appointed one time to die. After that, the judgment. Then there's, amen, uh, your, your spirit and soul going back to be with Jesus. He's going to come back for that. And then those who are remaining down here that have not died and are saved, he's going to come back for you. So when he comes back with your soul and body, he's going to unite your body with the, the body that died in the grave so, he all, so you can have a glorified body just like who? Jesus. We're going to have a glorified body just like Jesus. But what are you saying? He said, beware, though, of how you build him. What's your foundation? Amen. And we got it right here in the Word where it can strengthen you, encourage you, edify you, build you up. Amen. In these last days, so you can do a work for the Lord. Do a work for the Lord, a well-pleasing work for the Lord. And maybe some of you out there, amen, that heard this word and said, wow, man, I didn't know that. But I would like that type of relationship where I can please the Lord. 
I've been confused and about a lot of things and everything in regards to spiritual things. I, uh, I'm having a hard time of studying, but then uh, the enemy is, is, is taking me out. Amen. But I want a relationship. I, I never knew who Jesus was like that in that sense. But we have ammunition in the word where we can share our faith with somebody so they can have that relationship that God is desiring for all mankind. He said, go into all the word and preach. Amen. God, don't, God, like I said, God is no respecter of persons. Amen. So he's looking, amen, for us to do what we, I do diligence in regards to spreading the word because the harvest is plentiful. And some of us, amen, are not doing anything. So hopefully this message right here would encourage you to go out into God's vineyard and get a work done for the Lord. Amen. Because we're laboring for what? For reward. So if there's one that would like to accept Jesus Christ at the end of our service here, amen, we have some brethren here that, amen, that would uh, meet with you. You can call us. We can talk with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Will you look to the Lord with me right now? Father God, in the name of Jesus, a word went forth. I just ask, Father God, for, for, for everybody with ears to hear and hearts that felt, Father God, a, this particular word that you would move in a very, very special way in Jesus' name. We don't want our labor to be in vain, but we want to find ourselves being steadfast, unmoving, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm asking this so our labor won't be in vain. Strengthen, Father God, the, 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 the household of faith, Father God, here at 296. I ask that you remember everybody that's sick and shut in and, and going through changes right now in this COVID situation, the touch right now. But Father God, number one thing, Lord, is to uh, ask that, Father God, you make the heart fertile, a fertile soil so the seed that we find in this lesson that Paul planted in a fertile soil of a heart and that, Father God, some of us would go around and water that so it can germinate itself into and weld up into some everlasting life. I'm asking this for those that are listening and even here in Jesus' name. Church, say amen with me.